0: We're reading from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, "'Peace be with you.' They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, "'Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet.' He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high.
1: Thank you, Chris, very much. Um, There's a tribe in northern Kenya called the Takana tribe. And uh, the men of that tribe almost always carry a three-legged stool with them wherever they go. You may carry a mobile with you wherever you go. The guys in that tribe, it's just the men, carry a three-legged stool. And uh, their three-legged stools are called the Takana chair. Now, uh, the reason they do that is because the men of the Takana tribe are actually very good at talking. So when they meet someone else from the Takana tribe in the road, they will always stop and have a chat. And they will talk and talk and talk for a long time. They will debate and discuss and all the rest of it. And and so what they do is, because they're going to talk for a long time, they've got a stool. And uh, so when they meet someone else, they put their stool down on the road. The other guy does the same. And they sit there and talk for hours and hours and hours. They have all the time in the world. Well, we haven't got all the time in the world this morning, but we have got a Takana moment, if you like, because we're going to look again at the resurrection. I want us to stop metaphorically, sit down, think, ponder, work it through again, apply it to our lives as we look at this passage at the end of Luke chapter 24. So let's pray together now. Father, thank you for Easter, and thank you that we've got the opportunity Now, to to think of this one more time uh, and to work this through uh, a little bit more in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that we can have a Takana moment. We sit down, have a think, work it through, work it out and apply it to our lives. And we pray, Lord, that there'll be new things we pick up this morning, new things that we learn and delight in when we think of the Easter weekend. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, at the end of Luke's Gospel here, or verses 36 to 49 of Luke chapter 24, uh, we've got the, the facts of the Easter weekend have grown from two to three. Uh, we normally think, don't we, the Easter weekend, well, Good Friday, Jesus' death, uh, and then Easter Sunday, Jesus' resurrection. So we think of two key things. Actually, here in chapter uh, uh, 24 of Luke's Gospel, there's a third so look at verses 46 and 47. Uh, Jesus told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. First two things. And in the third, verse 47, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So it's talking about Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection, and also his proclamation to the world. Uh, and it's, um, uh, and we, well, this morning we're thinking about complete Easter. And from what we're seeing here, it seems as if, it's almost saying that that the Easter weekend is not really complete until we're talking about it. And it's not just the disciples there, it's talking about it to the world, to everyone. So everyone knows about this. So we're going to look again and uh, we're going to have a Takana chair. Uh, 20, 25 minutes, whatever it will be. Uh, And we're going to think of these three things in particular. So thinking of Easter and the complete Easter, believe it, understand it, tell it. Those three legs, believe it, understand it, tell it, are those three things we're thinking of this morning. And the first of these is this, believe it, believe it. Now, as we come to this, we need to look this uh, at this in context. Maybe you weren't here last weekend. Maybe you haven't uh, seen the first part of Luke chapter 24. So let's get an update of what's going on. It's Easter Sunday. It's late afternoon. It's just beginning to get dark. And there are two disciples walking home from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. It's about seven miles, so a, a good Sunday afternoon stroll. Uh, one of them, look at verse 18 here, uh, one of them named Cleopatra. So we know the name of one of them, that's a bloke, uh, and the other one, we have no idea who it was. It could have been Cleopas' wife, uh, but we don't know. And they think it's all over. They think that Jesus has been crucified a couple of days ago, they know that. And the last thing on earth they are expecting is that he's going to come back from the dead. So they're going back to the day job. And verse 15 Uh, Here, just go, uh, flip back over the page to verse 15 there. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Uh, Jesus turns up. They have no idea who it is. But Jesus explains from the Bible, you see that in verse 27 there, about himself. And then because it's getting late, it looks as if they've actually got there to Emmaus and uh, they say to Jesus they still don't know who he was look will you stay the night um, and then uh, in something which looked a bit like a communion service their eyes were opened there are recognizes Jesus and then he disappears from their sight that's in verse 31 so you see in verse 31 there then their eyes were opened and they recognized him bang he disappeared from their sight And then what they do is they leg it back to Jerusalem and they uh, found the other disciples there in verses 33 and 34. They were sharing the news with each other. Jesus has turned up again. So look at verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Again, they they think they've seen a ghost. They're they're not on top of this at all. Did did Jesus look different there, do you think? Um, Actually, I think they were deliberately kept from recognizing Jesus on these occasions here. And then Jesus was deliberately revealing himself to them through the Old Testament scriptures. You see, if they'd seen him straight away and worked on it, it would have been their experience and their excitement, which dominated what happened. But Jesus wants them to be sure that actually they understand this. And so he reveals himself to them through the scriptures as a pattern for how he's going to be revealed to people from now on in. That we go to the Bible for that. That's how we see it. Rather than it all just simply being based on experience, which can be so fickle, so wonderful, but equally so fickle. Anyway, they thought they saw a, a ghost and they were startled and they were frightened. As you and I would have been. As you and I would have been. I mean, it's easy to criticize the first disciples and say, a bit dull, weren't they? Actually, I don't think they were a bit dull at all. Would have been just the same. And they had to be convinced. And isn't it striking that for Jesus' resurrection here, they had to, he had to convince the disciples first of all. Time after time, it's the disciples who were the first one who had to be, who had to be convinced of what had happened. Uh, The people who had to do the proclamation had to be the first who were going to believe in the message. They had to get it. They had to understand it. They have to be convinced about it. And then look at verse 39 here. "Uh, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. He's saying look at the nail holes. He's saying look at the spear wound. He's saying this is a bodily resurrection. Verse 39, they touch him. So this is real. This is not imagination. This is not the nonsense that was uh, preached uh, and argued for, uh, what, 20, 30 years ago, that Jesus somehow rose into the preaching of the early church. Whatever that means is rubbish. This is a physical, real, actual resurrection of a man from the dead. And, uh, uh, and by the way, when Jesus says here, uh, it is I myself, that has got echoes of the I am, how, how Moses revealed, him, uh, was revealed, how God revealed himself to Moses uh, at the beginning of the book of Exodus. And also echoes of Jesus' I am sayings in, in, uh, in John's gospel. I'm not a ghost. I've got flesh and bones. I'm God here amongst you and with you. And then he eats. Look at verses 41 to 43 here. Uh, Do you have anything to eat, he says. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. But they're still struggling to take it in. Here he is, Jesus, risen from the dead. They think he's a ghost, but actually they've got so much joy and amazement here. This is extraordinary. Jesus had a tough time after, after the resurrection, getting it to sink in with his closest friends and followers. They'd spent three years with him, many of them. And he was still uh, having a struggle to get it to sink in for them to see, I'm alive. I'm physically back from the dead. So, with our Takana chair here of believe it, understand it, tell it, the first thing they have to do is believe it. Believe it. Um, so, they needed to believe that Jesus was back from the dead really, actually, physically, back from the dead. They need to believe that he was dead and he is now alive. Now, it's relatively easy for us, by comparison with them. You know, We've had 2,000 years to think about it. We've got 2,000 years to get used to the idea. Not a couple of hours or a couple of minutes, as they had. But the requirement is the same. We have to believe it. Now, this is not just mental ascent. This is not just Jesus' resurrection, tick, got that, okay. Um, No. In the Bible, belief is commitment. It's dedication. In the Bible, belief changes your life. A lot of these early disciples lost their lives because of the resurrection, because they believed it, because they were committed to it, because they stood up for it. Last Sunday, there were a load of Christians in Sri Lanka, in church, celebrating Easter Sunday, believing it, and they got blown up. If you were in Sri Lanka this morning, would you go to church? So for you and to me to say, I believe this, it's also saying, we're going to stand up for this. It's also saying, I'm going to be counted. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to shirk. So, at work, for instance, someone says, uh, um, how was your Easter? And you said, you say, well, yeah, it was great, we went to church, actually. And then they said to you, Why? Why on earth? I mean, no one seriously believes that a bloke came back from the dead, do they? Why would you want to go to church Easter? So what are you going to say now? It's crunch time, isn't it? Do you shrug your shoulders and change the subject? No, not if you believe it. Not if you really believe it. It's your opportunity. So you pray quietly, Lord Jesus, please help me to say something relevant now. And I pray this might really hit home. So, You might say something like, well, actually, I believe it. And there were hundreds of people uh, at Bishop Hannington on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, who believe it too. And I mean, really believe it. I mean, change your life, believe it, believe it. And this is important, and I've got to believe it. There were hundreds of people there, between three and four hundred. And they say, hundreds? Yeah, Hundreds. And another hundred or so in the evening. And you all believe that Jesus Christ came back from the dead? No. Not everyone. Because people want to come along and they want to find out about it. And, uh, uh, and then they say, whoa, that's a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, it is a lot of people. And there are a lot of people finding out. And a lot of people changing their minds. And we're a very welcoming bunch and we love to see new people. We'd like to come sometime. Well, I might just do that. Believe it. Really believe it. Stand up for it. Believe it. Jesus is back from the dead. Nothing will change that. Nothing. Absolutely nothing will change that. Second thing. Understand it. Understand it. Now, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus used the scriptures, or for us the Old Testament, to explain about himself. So it happens a number of times. So... Verse 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, explains explains what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And then again in verse 32, not this morning's passage, but it's there. Uh, We're not our heart, they, They're referring to it. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Uh, and now we've got the same idea, verse 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, uh, he goes back to the Old Testament repeatedly. Uh, uh, to make reference to himself and help him to understand who he is and what he's done and what it means and so on. Um, uh, you'd think he wouldn't need to. You'd think, wouldn't you? Couldn't Jesus just kind of tell him about himself? Why does he get the Bible out? Well, Jesus, you don't need to do that, Jesus, do you? you can, you're God in the flesh. So why are you using the Bible to tell us about yourself? It's striking, isn't it? And I think that's a challenge to us. Actually, he's using the Bible to tell people about himself, partly because that's a model for how he wants us to do it. So where would you go? Could you use, have you got a few little verses? It's the Bible, you know, you would say we're talking about the resurrection. Can you point people? Can you work along with people about that, for instance? And Jesus uses the Bible, not just as a model for us, but because it is authoritative. Because he wants us to use the Bible. It's reliable. It's trustworthy. It's authoritative. It points to Jesus. It explains Jesus. And he wants our faith not based on just, just simply an emotion, but it should be an emotional thing. But he wants our, base for our faith based firmly and squarely on revealed truth, that is the Word of God. So this Tukana chair of Easter here uh, is believe it, but we're talking also understand it. We need to understand it. And where are we going to understand it? Where are we going to see the depth of what happened? Where are we going to understand that he had to come back from the dead? Where are we going to understand why he died for us? We go to the pages of our Bibles and we read and we learn and we understand and we grow in that. So believe it that Jesus died. Believe it that he was raised from the dead. Understand why he did. Understand what Jesus' death achieved, that he died in our place, that it's a swap, as we were saying on Good Friday, that he died for our sins. And understand the resurrection. Understand how the resurrection proves that Jesus' death was a victorious death, an acceptable death to his father. Understand that the resurrection reveals who Jesus is. That he really was God walking this earth. Understand that Jesus' resurrection reveals the resurrection. That we will all be raised from the dead one day. You will be raised from the dead. And so will everyone you have ever met and ever will meet. We will all be raised from the dead. And then there will be judgment day. And the resurrection tells us that will be the case. Understand that that is all told us in the Bible. The Bible helps us to understand. The Bible explains Easter. And when it comes to Easter, complete Easter... We need to believe it. We need to understand it. And then a a stool with two legs isn't much help, is it? So it's going to be completed when we tell it. When we tell it to other people. So that's our third leg this morning. Tell it. Believe. Understand. Tell. Now, Easter is not complete, until God's people are telling it. Look at verse 47 here. Um, and he says, uh, well, let's start in verse 46. This is what is written. The Messiah, as Jesus, will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So he's saying here, it's going to start here, in Jerusalem, where we are, and it's going to it's go to the whole world. Before you do that, you've got to believe it. And then you need to understand it. And then it will go to the whole world. They've got to tell it. A guy called Douglas Webster wrote this. The resurrection of Jesus is something to shout about. It is an explosive event whose fallout affects the whole of the human race. And in some ways, the prospect of that is more scary than the resurrection itself, isn't it? That means we've got to tell people. Yeah, but we're not going to do that. We're going to keep quiet. We're not going to tell the world. That's what the disciples, very first disciples, were thinking. Oh, no, we'd better keep our heads down. This is a bit awkward and a bit embarrassing. And they were too scared and they were too confused, probably. They didn't even quite believe it. How are we, they've been saying, how are we going to take this news that hasn't really sunk in yet to the world? Please do not be ridiculous, Jesus then you look at verse 47. Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And who's going to do that? Jesus is saying, it's going to be you. And you know what happened? It's got to Hove. We are living proof that actually this happened. The gospel went out to the world. The explanation of this has spread all over the show. We've heard from Nelson this morning of Christian churches and pastors who want to tell the world the gospel. And Nelson is involved uh, in helping them to do that. And I've had the privilege five times now of going out with Nelson and uh, being of a little bit of help and uh, I hope, in in helping these guys teach the Bible. And, uh, uh, I mean, that's extraordinary, isn't it? But how is that going to happen? Well, he says, you're witnesses of these things, in verse 48. Well, You can't help it. You are witnesses. It's like if there were a car crash. We've had lots of little accidents and some bigger ones just on the crossroads here. If you see it, you're a witness. You are a witness. The resurrection of Jesus. If you're a Christian, you are a witness. You are a witness. That's what Jesus says here. You are witnesses of these things. And then he says, I'm going to help you. And how am I going to help you? I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. This is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to be able to do it. And we are proof that the spirit came and he enabled them and they were able to tell the world about Jesus. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. It's gone all over the world. Napoleon said this in his uh, one of his more modest moments. An extraordinary power of influencing and commanding men has been given to Alexander, Charlemagne and myself. Full stop. But with us, the presence has been necessary, the eye, the voice, the hands, whereas Jesus Christ has influenced and commanded his subjects without visible bodily presence for 1800 years. And how has he done that? Because we were given the spirits on that first Uh, Pentecost, we were given the Spirit and we have the Spirit now who gave them the power and the courage and the insight and the understanding uh, to be spreading the good news of Jesus. It was Spurgeon, Baptist preacher of the 19th century, who said this, there is no telling how much power God can put into a man. And a guy called Leon Morris, who's written lots of commentaries on Bibles, said this. The same power that brought Christ back from the dead is operative within those who are Christ's. The resurrection is an ongoing thing. So he's saying here, you have the Spirit. To tell, you have the Spirit in your life. To understand, you have the Spirit in your life. To grow more like Jesus and be a good example of Jesus, you have the Spirit in your life. And he enabled those first Christians to go from confusion to confidence, from doubt to daring, to get out there and take this gospel to the world. So if you are a Christian, you have the spirit within you. He's in your life and he is the power to help us to believe it, to understand it and to tell it. We have the spirit to help us to do that. Easter has not finished. It didn't finish 2,000 years ago, and it hasn't finished now. And part of Easter is the telling, and that's down to us. That's down to you, and it's down to me. And we always need to be encouraged to do it, because there's, a, there's an attrition, isn't there? There's a wearing us down. There are other things getting in the way. The enthusiasm drops and all the rest of it. So we need to be encouraged. We need to be reminded. We need to be helped. We need to uh, encourage one another uh, to be praying for our friends, to be having the courage to tell, to talk, to relish, and to uh, talk of Easter. To say the facts of the gospel that once God walked this earth, that he died for us that he was raised from the dead on that first Easter Sunday and we celebrate and proclaim that world changing eternity changing event because when it comes to Easter we want a complete Easter and a complete Easter where we understand, we believe it we understand it and we also tell it just like a three-legged stool Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Easter. And thank you that it didn't stop last weekend. We pray, Lord, you'd help us in the deepest parts of our beings to believe this. And that means standing up for it. And We know that means being confident in it. So we pray, Lord, you'd help us to understand it more deeply. And we ask, Lord, please, you'd give us the, uh, the encouragement and the guts and the confidence and the understanding and the belief to tell it to others, we pray. Please, Lord, help us to tell someone today, tomorrow, that, yeah, we believe that Jesus came back from the dead. Please, Lord, give us those opportunities. Help us to be gentle. But help us to be courageous, we
0: pray. For Jesus' sake. Amen.